Origin, 90s. Welcome to episode 58 of RSVP, the podcast about stationery and so much more. I'm your host, Les, and my co-host is Dade. Today, we're having a catch-all stationery conversation, but first, let's talk about what we're consuming. Dade, you want to fill me in? Sure. Um, so, I am consuming water because I was too lazy to make coffee. <laughs> um, I refuse to drink Keurig. I've drawn the line. I will not drink pod coffee ever again. Um, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I just, well, cause like I came across one of those suggested videos on YouTube and it was someone who like opened up their Keurig machine, like took it apart. Oh, foul. So foul. Yeah. It was not good. And we've had that since we got married. Um, and we got married in, oh God, I think 2011 or maybe 2012. My wife's going to kill me. <laughs> um, we got married more than five years ago. So, um, yeah, like we clean it out, but we don't clean the interior cause we can't get to it. Um, plus I have some new coffee on the way from trade, which I'm super excited about. And I don't know what it is cause I, I like to surprise myself. So even though they send you the email telling you, this is what you're getting, I just let it ride <laughs> because I do know that the coffee was $32 for two bags, but then I got a discount. So I only paid 25. Um, I don't know why I got a discount on it, but anyhow. Um, so I'm drinking water. Um, I am not writing in anything or with anything because I'm recording from my bedroom. I'm laying in bed right now next to two cats, two other cats ran away, I guess. Um, so no, I'm not taking any notes other than typing. Um, so there's a lot of exciting things in my world. A lot of them we're going to talk about in our main topic. Um, but I want to first talk about the new stuff I bought from CW Pencils. Um, I ordered, I wanted to order the volume 10 from her because she sells them at a reasonable price, not $36. So, <laughs> um, while I was there, I always just click like the new section and then like browse through and see like if there's anything that catches my eye. Um, I was able to snag the Tombow Mono, um, the 50th anniversary eraser um, set. It's actually really cool. It was like 10 bucks, but it has a timeline from 1969 to like their most recent design. I guess they haven't redesigned since 2013. Hmm. I didn't um, even know that was a thing. Yeah, it's really cool. I'm going to review it in as much as like as a novelty product. I'm not going to like open it or use the erasers because why um so yeah so it shows just the evolution of their graphic design um it really really annoys me i'm just noticing this now in 1969 their eraser like the the um paper band that goes around it it says tombow pencils but it says apostrophe s for pencils <laughs> that's unacceptable um and it comes with a cute little pin as well which I may open up to take out. Um, so yeah, I thought it was a cool thing and it was only 10 bucks. So I bought it. Um, I bought my dozen of volume tens, of course. Um, I also picked up these erasers that I've been wanting to buy, um, since I saw them, but I couldn't justify just buying erasers. Um, the color eraser from law. I don't know how to say it. Lawfer. How do you say an A with like, an umla is that an umlaut? Two dots it over it. Laufer. 
Laufer, they're German erasers. They're like bicolor, like Mm. blue, red, yellow, orange. Um, They're actually really awesome. I've been trying them out. I'm going to be reviewing them. But they also erase colored pencil. And on the side, it also says, yeah, it erases from grades 4B to 9H. I thought that was a cool little feature to tell you, like, what it's made for. But, yeah, um, Tina Koyama said that – I think it was her – said something about them erasing colored pencil well. Um, So, yeah. What else did I get from there? Um, I restocked some of my Hinodawashi erasers um, that I so love since they're so cheap because you can't really find them elsewhere as singles. Um, But that was it for CW stuff. I also would like to talk a little bit about the editor because you have yours in hand too, right? Indeed I do. Um, I really like it. I, I've been trying to use it just because I'm I'm working on a review of it. I really like the shade of red that the ink is in. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I have a, my review is coming out the day after this podcast uh, airs fully for the first time. Um, I really like the editor. I love the color of the body, how it's not um, the same shade as the ink. It's more of a yes. slightly dried blood red. That is a really good description, but so on point. <laughs> um, and then the ink is like fresh blood bleeding onto the page. Right. Um, so not not to be too gory, but um, yeah. I and you know I am a huge fan of the Squire anyway. They're just a great pen. They feel really nice. They have a nice weight. But I really love the editors and proofing marks on the side of it. Um, they're really nice and tactile. The etching is really well done, and you know as always the mechanism just works perfectly. But I love the color. And I love the color of the ink that they chose, which, you know, I know is just the standard Schmidt um, red, but I, it's a good so, shade of red. Exactly. And um, I like it for all those reasons. But also, um, I enjoy the fact that I am an editor of sorts as I work mm-hmm. at a writing center. And <laughs> while I have complicated feelings about editor copy editing marks, um, I, I used maybe two, three or four of the official ones. Mm-hmm. I find it's like a, it's kind of gatekeepy to students. There are some professors that use them and it's like, uh, what does this mean? You know? And it's like, I, I feel like, it up. right. It's, it's like professors that use turn it in. I don't even want to go down that road. It's a thing where they submit your paper for plagiarism, but they also grade it that way. And they code things like, Oh, this is an error number. Like, C3 and then you have to like look up what that means. Mm. So so I found out that like when when I want a student to capitalize I would draw two lines under a letter. Mm. It's actually 3. Yeah. <laughs> so um we have our own little version at the writing center but so it is a little near and dear to my heart. Um so I I really like it so much so that I ordered two more. Oh nice. Um well cuz I have Um, my boss is phenomenal and amazing and I love him so much Mm -hmm. and he's been really great with my upcoming surgery and like getting time off and all that stuff. So I think I'm going to gift him with one of them. Nice. So the other one I'm going to stash away. So finally the field notes now that I have them in hand, um, 
did you get any less or no? I, I have not. I'm um if I do <laughs> buy them, I'm gonna go up to the local place uh <laughs> here in town and I'll buy the packages there. Um I just I feel like if I'm going to go down the road of buying field notes again, I need to support something local. So yeah, I I have not yet. And I don't think they have them in quite yet. Not that I've been outside and walking around, um, which I'll talk about more in my section. <laughs> but uh yeah, I have not. Yeah, they're they're really great. I I I'm kind of I should have waited for local, but I was so excited that I just bought two of each from Field Notes themselves. But to kind of deal with that icky feeling, I will not review them on my blog. <laughs> so <laughs> I will not give them any more press than an Instagram post. So, um, but I really, really, really like them. There's a couple of them that I'm kind of meh about. Mm. Um, but I like the fact that they're not simply landscape photo or, you know, pictures like each one at first glance might be like, Oh, that's like a really cool picture of like a gorge. But if you look closer, there's like a person kayaking or, you know, the one for Acadia reminds me of like those vintage, like fifties and sixties artwork posters. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. My favorite though is Mount Rainier. Hmm. Um, I posted it on Instagram. Actually, it's the one with the two bears, like walking through a field of flowers underneath the shadow of like a snow covered mountain. Um, they're just really nice. And I I do like that they have the passport stamp. I actually have a national park passport. Um, and I have some stamps. A lot of them are from Acadia. Um, some of them are from other places I've been in the country, but, uh, I really think it's cool. Like if I had the money and the time, I would go to each one of these parks and take notes in each you know, respective mm-hmm. field notes and it would be a cool little thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, so I really, I really like them. I haven't u- started using any of them yet. I mean, I want to use them. I don't want to be one of those people that just, Oh, it's so pretty. I'm just going to stare at it. Like I use what I buy. Like I, I like to use things. Mm. Um, and outside of the stationary world, Finally, um, I'm going away this week, so I want to thank you, Les, for taking on editing duties. Um, Much appreciated. Um, I'm not going far. I'm just going to Saratoga, which, for those who don't know where that is in relation to me, it's probably like a two-hour drive. Um, So uh, my wife and I are going to see a Rob Thomas concert. We actually – this has been our yearly thing. We see Rob Thomas in concert every year. It's kind of strange how that happened. Mm. Um, <laughs> usually because he's touring with Counting Crows. Okay. Um, but this year, he's actually touring with Live. Remember that band? I do. So, yeah. So, it's just a little thing. And then the next day, we're just going to go to the Saratoga racetrack um, for some horse racing. I'm already bracing myself for people that hate horse racing. Sorry. Um, so, that's going to be my middle of the week getaway. Um, but that's really it for me. Uh, Les, what about you? There's a, I know there's a lot you have to talk about. <laughs> so I am, because it's been so brutally um, hot here, I'm sipping a iced lemon ginger water. And the ginger is for a reason. So I, I don't know if anyone's caught any of my social media posts about poison oak. Um, <laughs> about two weeks ago, I got myself exposed to poison oak. I was clearing out what I thought was just bittersweet in my backyard. 
and it had poison oak mixed in with it. And I got myself, I was out there working in the yard for at least an hour. There's a lot of hot sun. And I didn't, I had no idea I was exposed to anything. And then I sat around for a couple of hours before I bathed for the evening. And, uh, I was covered. So it takes about three days for the rash to break out. Um, so that was Sunday, Wednesday, I broke out and it wasn't that bad at first. It was, you know, I had some itching on my hands and on my arms and I had a couple of little spots on my face. Um, and then it progressively over the course of that week got worse. Um, my doctor thinks that because I was exposed and had no idea, I probably spread the oil throughout the house and was continually re-exposing myself. So there, there was that. So Friday night I get home and I'm like, this is, this, this stuff's really bad. This is awful. And by Sunday night, my eyes were starting to swell shut because my body was at the point where it was just like, I've got so much poison in me. I don't know what to do. So we're just going to throw everything at anything that happens. So Monday I go to the doctor. They put me on a very heavy dose of prednisone. And also preventative antibiotics because it's on my face. They're afraid that the swelling and the pressure around my eyes could shut off my airways and also could lead to, um, God, what was the thing? It's an infection of the skin. Um, so anyway, uh, <laughs> I've ended up on a massive dose of, dose of antibiotics plus hydrocortisone's big brother. So I have all these like ointments and creams. And then also they prescribed me Zyrtec. And I, I've taken Zyrtec before. Um, I forget how I, and I always forget and I probably never will again, um, how intense a reaction I have to that stuff, but it literally knocks me out. I'm comatose for a day after I take it. So I take some Zyrtec and I'm unconscious. And so Wednesday rolls around and my eyes are even more swollen. So I go back to the doctor and he's like, whoa, hey, um, you're one step away from having to go in inpatient and have IV, um, steroids and antibiotics so he upped the dose i'm young i'm healthy not as i don't know if i'm as young as he or i don't i don't know i think he thinks i'm younger than i am like you're young you're healthy you can have it but you know be be aware that you can get psychotic on on prednisone be very careful if you notice you're seeing anything, anything that's not there um go to the hospital so i i go home and i'm on massive doses even higher dosage like double the dose that I was on before of prednisone and that finally nipped it in the bud. Like normally like when I'm exposed to poison ivy or, or poison sumac, which I know on site because I grew up with those and I, every summer I would get exposed to it and I have a tiny little rash. Um, you know, normally they're just, you know, little pink spots on that itch and blister up and then they're done. My every spot on my body was so, intense that I had like, it looked like bruises. My legs looked like I had these like rope like bruises all over them. Um, anywhere I got the sap on my body, it caused a chemical burn because not only did I get the sap on my body, but then I was out in the sun working in the yard. So it kind of baked into my skin and anywhere I'm going to have scars all over my hands and legs from the poison oak. So kids, the P public service announcement today is learn what poison oaks looks like and if you have to deal with it wear preventative gear gloves long pants 
don't wear shorts and a t-shirt or in my case, I was wearing a tank top. I'm really lucky. I didn't get it like any of the sap on my tattoo because it would have eaten in. It's, it's definitely eaten into that layer of the skin. So it would have affected my, my tattoos. Um, so was, that was pretty, pretty fortunate. Um, but yeah, it was, I was out of work for a week. I couldn't go to work because I was so infected with the crap. Um, and not feeling great. I mean, I felt really awful. All I wanted to do, not just because of the antihistamines, but like my body was just not, it couldn't handle it. All I wanted to do was sleep. And then on top of that, I was on prednisone, which gives me more energy and I wanted to do the thing. So my mind was like, I wanted to think and do things. Um, so yeah, so I, I was basically laying on the couch and I found out that I can put YouTube onto the TV through our Roku box. And I probably watched every YouTube video about fermentation that is available. I couldn't read. I couldn't sit upright and keeping my, my eyes were so swollen. I couldn't keep my eyes open easily if I was sitting upright. Um, so basically lay, laying flat on my back, staring at the TV, watching stuff about fermentation. And there are a lot of YouTube channels that, uh, discuss and explore fermentation, um, from all over history. It's, it's super nerdy, but fascinating as well. Um, I am writing with a, with a number 10 Blackwing volumes, which we're going to talk about a little bit more here in a bit. And, uh, garbage legal pad. I've been, I'm going to be brewing up some kombucha this afternoon, or actually the tea's already brewed. I'm going to put the culture into the tea and get it set back up for fermentation. And I've been fermenting some mead. I talked about it last episode, um, but I was really excited to like start up a sizer, which is a mead that uses apple cider or apple juice in it. Um, and I'm doing a spiced version of that, which will probably be ready right at the end of October for sipping. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I also started up a hard cider, um, which will hopefully be ready in the middle of next month for sipping. So yeah, um, that's been my last two weeks. Um, so if I've posted anything that seems a little out of it on social media, now you know why, uh, antihistamines really make me loopy. I have very intense reactions to them. I have some really intense trippy dreams. Um, and I'm trying, like, I know that I've had some interactions that have been a little weird. So I, apologies to anyone who's had to deal with my weirdness on antihistamines. Um, but I think that, uh, brings us to our main topic. So we just want to have a catch-all stationary conversation where we talk about some things that have been coming up for us as we've been dealing with the stationary world. Um, really, I've been comatose for the last week. So I have less information than Dade. But one of the first things that I thought to start us off uh, is the topic of janky ferals and quality control. So I I go back and forth on how do I review Blackwing volumes. And I, I so I decided that what I'm my plan going forward is I'm going to review them on an aesthetic basis. I know I love the cores. I know that the wood 
is going to be great. Nine times out of ten, the the lacquer is going to be gorgeous. And am I going to like the aesthetic value assigned to what the paint job means? Does the story mean anything to me? Do I care about it? But then also looking at what's the what is the combination of the paint ferrule and imprint along with the eraser and the story mean to me. So I was automatically interested in the number 10. Um, 10 days in a madhouse, you know, that is, it's just, it's classic psych lit. It's one of those things that you read about. It's one of the things that's been really formative in the changes in mental health care over the last 150 years. And, um, it, it, you know, it's a story that appeals to me. And I love investigative journalism. And I, I really hope we get more investigative journalism. That's good over the next few years. But so I decided I was just going to buy one, one ten, and I was going to use it and, you know, photograph it. And I picked it up at Bob Slayton. I, that was when we were hanging out, Dave, before, before Poison, Poison Oak. Yes. And, uh, I was unimpressed uh, by by particular things. First off, I love the lacquer on this. I love me a matte finish. Matte finish, like it goes back to the the um, the brewery series from Field Notes, the the ales and stouts and all of that. I love those matte finish feeling. I love how it's grippy, and I like the fact that it's not glossy and shiny. There's something about a matte finish I love. So I love the gray. I love how it feels. I love the combination of the silver ferrule. I love the black imprint. What I didn't love was the janky ferrule or it, how the ferrule was fitting was janky. Is janky, I, I'm using that word and I'm wondering mm-hmm. if it's okay to use. I, I've i always used the word janky. I feel like it came from like... um the 90s is when i started using it actually i'm googling it now origin 90s yeah Um, i want to say it's from like nickelodeon or something where does it come from oh is it bad (laughs) you might have to edit this hold on it says um Oh, no, it says a dictionary of african-american slang published in 1994 classifies it as a noun meaning bad luck saying it's probably a variant of jinxed. Hmm. So the word's, or, word's origin is murky. Um, it's probably, Oxford English Dictionary says it's probably a regional affected or colloquial pronunciation of junkie. Okay. okay. Well, all right. We'll go we with that. Edit. Yeah. Let's... We'll leave that in. I think that's fine. But, okay, so it is junkie. The way the feral was attached to this pencil was crap. There was, and, and I looked at all of the tens that were on display at Bob Slate, and they were all crap. I picked the nicest of the bunch, and what I had was a probably half millimeter gap between the end of the pencil and the ferrule itself, and that gap was filled with splinters of wood and bits and bobs of um, of paint, and it looked terrible. It looked really, really bad. Um, so I brought it home and I ripped the ferrule off and I, I looked at what was going on underneath the ferrule and I could see that, so there's this point in the ferrule where it sort of narrows up and you could see that 
it was kind of squished. So I sliced off a about a millimeter of the top of the ferrule end of the pencil so that the the uh, ferrule fit on properly. And it does. And then I cleaned off all of the I took my little my little utility knife and I sliced off all of the splinters and the junky paint and it looks perfect. It it looks really really nice. Mm-hmm. Now that I fixed it, but here's my gripe. And this is as I was writing my review, which is probably going to go up in a week or so once I calm down a little bit. It's a three dollar pencil, or a two dollar and sixty something cent pencil. I had to fix it. Do you know how pissed off I would be if I ordered a twelve pack of those for twenty six ninety five or whatever they are now, and it came to me and every single pencil had to be fixed. I shouldn't be, I, I'm buying a premium product. Blackwing markets these as a premium product. If you're buying a premium product, that is not something that you work on. That is not something that you need to fix. That is not something that you should be DIYing a fix, in my opinion. Um, if I'm spending that much on a single pencil, it should arrive to me ready to use and without the need to fiddle with it. Exactly. Um, and it, it, it irritated me that I, I was like, you know, well, all I had to do was this, that, and this. And it's then I, I, I'm like thinking about this and it's like, no, no, this is a premium product. I shouldn't be fixing it. It was very upset. Well, I shouldn't say it was very upsetting. It was irritating and annoying. And I know that I'm not the only one who's gotten a 10 that had a junky feral. Um, yeah. I know that there are many people out there. I saw a lot of people complaining on the erasables and I think a little bit on RSVB too about their ferals not fitting properly. Yeah, no, mine, I bought a dozen um, and I had to go through all of them because I was gifting one to somebody and I, I didn't want to give someone something that was subpar. Mm. I wanted their first experience with the Blackwing to be perfect, so to speak. Um, out of my 12, two were quote unquote perfect. Right. Um, the others, I'm going to try to get pictures and I'll post them in my review, um, which is coming as well. Um, hopefully by the time this episode is out, I will have my review posted. I just have some other things to talk about in those pictures that I'm going to post. Um, so there were two variations of actually three variations of messiness when it comes to how these pencils were manufactured. Mm. The first was the common error, which happens, I think on all editions, the ferrule wasn't in line with the imprint of the pencil. Yeah. So that's an easy fix. I mean, these ferrules you can just twist off and you know that I don't care about so much. Um, the other two I did care about. Um, one of them is there are actual splinters of wood sticking out of the, yeah, between the ferrule and the pencil. And like, I thought, well, maybe it's just because like, it's contrasting. Maybe this happened on other editions. And then I went back and I have every Blackwing edition. I even have the 24 and the 33 and a third, which are black pencils. There's no, it's not a contrast issue. It's just, they're fine. Um, mm-hmm. 
So, you know, and that's not a big deal. I just take my finger and brush those splinters off. I left a couple so I could take pictures of them. Um, but the other one is something that, you know, you fixed less with work that you shouldn't have had to do. Um, there's about a millimeter gap between the pencil and the ferrule. Yeah. Um, and you can see where the pencil was shaped. Um, so the ferrule would seat on it, but it's as if, and it is, the end is too long. So it butts up at the end of the ferrule before it seats itself fully on the pencil. Right. Um, and that one is more actually to me, is the most annoying because it's the most noticeable and because it takes work to fix. Right. Um, I'm not going to fix mine cause I don't care enough. It's just an annoyance. Like I said, it's not, it's just like, it shouldn't be this way, especially now that retailers are setting their prices. Essentially, you know, if I had paid $36 at Bob Slate for a dozen, I would not have been okay with getting pencils that look like that. No, not at all. But um, and even if I at twenty six dollars a package, right? That's the retail right now, right? That's the manufacturer's um, I, suggested retail price. I thought it was twenty seven ninety five. Okay, twenty eight dollars at twenty eight dollars to thirty six dollars. I would not be okay getting pencils that looked like what the ten looked like. And you gave me a pair of eight elevens which were mm -hmm. much more easily dealt with, but those had chips and issues with the seating as well. Um, if I had paid that much for those pencils, I would have returned that box. Yeah, no, definitely. And like, it just, it, it goes along with what's happening. I, I hope it's not going to be the same thing. And I don't think it will be. I think they're a different company entirely, but um, with the quality control of field notes, um, mm. like, it's just – it's very noted. Like, for example, the the national parks, they're great, but the bottom left corner of each of my field notes, um, it's not just frayed. It's split. Huh. Um, I'm – like, I'll take a picture and send it to you because I'm not reviewing these. It's, like, split and, like – it's, like, it's not from dropping because, you know, when you drop a notebook, yeah. I find it hard to believe that – all nine of these that I have in my hand have the same bottom left corner issue of it. It's a blade issue when you trim. Ripped. Um, so Johnny talked uh -huh. about this on erasables. And also because I've made books in the past, I know that when your blade gets dull, it does funny things to your folds. And oh. if your blade is dull, it doesn't slice through cleanly. And it causes those that split and cracking because it's instead of slicing, it's forcing its way through and when it when it pushes like that it, it causes tears yeah every i'm looking at it now all but yeah all but one have those at the top and the bottom mm. of the spine it's like a tiny little split which makes the you know it, it looks like little white frayed marks yeah and then also at the top right um on most of my field notes it looks like your um, no brand seconds that you've sent me. Yeah. Where the cutting, like there's a little, it's not smooth. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, come on. They're, they raise their prices. So I, I just hope that it's not one of those like, oh, let's see where we can like, you know, save a few bucks. Because I understand when they raise the, the prices, it's justifiable. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, things cost money. But I hope that efforts weren't made to kind of mitigate that in other ways yeah 
And I could be totally wrong. This could have just been a fluke. It could have been, I mean, we're working with materials that react to temperature, to to other things. Um, but the issue with the, you know, having you you having to trim the the ten is not a temperature issue. No. <laughs> like a pencil doesn't grow. Well, I think I think that Field Notes has had some well documented quality control issues too. I mean, I and granted, so I, I'm talking a little bit out of my butt here and from what I've read in the various forums about field notes, there there are well documented issues with some of their quality control when it comes to trimming and cutting. The utility issue that black and black and yellow edition that they had had splitting on the corners and poor corner cutting as well. So I, I think that there's some quality issues with some of the field notes, and I I, I don't think that's going to stop anytime soon. Right. I think they're making many, many, many more of each edition than they have in the past. And when you ramp up production like that, um, you're going to have production issues unless you are instilling some pretty strict quality control. Right. But – I think that um, going back to, to Palomino and Blackwing, um, the stuff that I'm seeing is just, I, I don't know, it, it just seems slapdash. Yeah, that's legit. Um, and it seems like lack of concern for the volumes, whereas, so let's let's compare the volume 10 to the TWA hotel, just as an example. Um you you sent you gave me a pair of them and both of the TWA are perfect they're the super thick lacquer they look gorgeous the ferrules are seated perfectly um without any issues um there's no gap there's no splintering there's no you know then there there are no issues with that pencil so to me it feels like oh here we're putting out the black wing by TWA hotel and we're going to take some care and concern with that. But the thing for our subscribers and our fans, those are going to sell anyway. Right. That's what it feels like to me. And, you know, I know that I'm talking out of my butt and that's I'm just talking about how I feel about that and what this looks like and feels like to me. Um, so, like I said, slapdash effort on the Blackwing 10. It just does not. It's not where it should be, in my opinion. Great pencil. Love the core, love the love everything about it, just not well manufactured. Yeah, absolutely. So, anyway, I think I have I beaten that one to death. I think I've beaten it to death. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about the companies that have impeccable quality control. <laughs> um, I think like. Right Notepads oh, right yeah. is at the top of my list, and I think it's just the the way they manufacture things. It's smaller operation. Mm-hmm. I think it's you know. I don't always agree with everything Wright says, but um, I agree with their products all the time. They're great, hands down. Yeah. Um, so, you know, also Baron Fig really, I mean, there was one quality control issue I had about a year ago with, with one of their notebooks, huh. um, and they very quickly responded and replaced it. It was um, the fabric on the spine was like bubbled up and separated from the actual book. Interesting. Like it was like a gluing issue, but mm. also like I I can't really like I don't I I don't know what happened, but it was very very quickly addressed. Um, but other than that, I think 
you know, they're also, let's not talk about um, the snakes and ladders pencils. Remember those? Oh, yeah. I did. I never got any of those. I never. It was like a weird fluke. Like, because yeah. all their other pencils have been fine, but those like shattered cores and like just really horrible quality control. Yeah. You know, and that's not on them. That's on Virco. So. That's not their fault. Right. So anyhow. Exactly. And I don't know if they want people to know that it's Viarco, but it's Viarco. They don't. It says made it says made in Portugal, right? It's the on only the company in Portugal. <laughs> right. Um feeling a little saucy today. A little edgy. <laughs> <laughs> um anyhow, um, yeah, I think that that is totally and, and speaking of edgy, I think that's a good segue into the next main topic. Indeed. The second hand market. Yeah, I have so many feelings about this because I am participatory, but I am also critical of it, if that makes sense. It does. It does. Um, I think for me, like it's kind of come to a head recently in the, the Baron fig fanatics group. Um, just seeing the influx of people and I understand coming to a hobby. I I'm involved in many other things other than stationary. I'll give you a good example. Um, I collect vintage Tamagotchis and people like myself, um, I got into that hobby about two years ago and there was a huge amount of things that I missed out on because I wasn't part of it. Right. Um, so I went through that phase of spending lots of money catching up and I mm-hmm. get that. Um, I don't think that's the problem. I think the problem is sometimes the persistence of folks, um, to outright, harassment at times um i've been i'm not obviously going to mention names of anybody because that's rude but i've been contacted by strangers even um like one time a while back a while back i posted a picture of my mysterium for a review it was not even like oh hey look at this cool pen like i'm using today it was like a an instagram picture of a review i got a message about that Last month, are you willing to sell that? Do you still have it? How much? You know, I can offer you this. Um, you know, and like that's fine. But when I say no, no means no. No mean no doesn't mean message me again in a week and say, are you still interested in not interested in selling? Like that's wow. where I kind of draw the line. Yeah, I blocked the person. It was some guy I've never heard of. Like I, I not a part of any group that I've ever been. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. But I think the, I think things happen. So I had this issue with somebody um, about pencils too, you know, where I was on the other end, I wanted to buy some pencils from somebody and emotions come into play. And that person misinterpreted um, what I had said. Do you remember this? I'm not going to. I do. I do. Yeah. And so, you know, these are, these can be charged interactions, you know, where, where both parties are misunderstanding each other. And then there's the psychological element of like, I really need this. Cause a lot of times pe- people post, Hey, I'm selling this thing, you know, PM me. And then it's like, Oh God, like everyone attacks them, not attacks, but like everyone dives on. They want, right. And then want- you got to like parse through and, and see who did it first. And I think that this is something I want to bring up to some of these groups. It, it happens in my Tamagotchi groups all the time. You were, it's against the group rules to negotiate or talk about prices in private message. Mm. You have to have all interactions in thread because then number one, it informs the buyer and then also keeps the seller honest. Yep. 
Um, and it, it's wonderful because now I can go on and say like, oh, okay, so they said that it was $60. Um, I can make a decision on that. Oh, they said they purchased that. I'm not going to pursue anymore. So I think that that would take a lot of the pressure off. But there's this recent influx in the, the Baron Fig fanatics group. And I don't know where that's coming from. I don't know if it's just because it's a coincidence that people are getting into the hobby. Um, I think part of it comes from the fact that the Baron Fig Squire was just voted Wired's top refillable pen of the year or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's brought a lot of people into the Baron Fig realm, which I think is great. I mean, I think it's wonderful Absolutely. for Baron Fig. I love to see Baron Fig do really well, but I think it's brought a lot more in people who are not necessarily into the collectible limited edition pen market into it who have a lot of disposable income. And then there yes. we also have the people who are already into collectible pens with a ton of disposable in- income offering like two $250 for pens that initially sold for what, 60 bucks? Yeah. I mean, I sold my bolt with no shame on eBay two, three months ago for $212 was the final bid. Yeah. And someone like, gladly paid that and i was glad to sell it to them for that um because i mean there's someone there's always going to be someone out there that wants what you have and is willing to pay the price yeah um and that that kind of leads me into the the second side that i'm on is i do sometimes sell things um for more than i paid or 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 what have you and i used to feel bad about it It used to be a dirty secret Mm -hmm. like i don't want to tell anybody but I've kind of moved away from that because I'm reasonable. Hmm. Um, you know, like I'm, I'm not going to like, remember before I left the field notes group, there were people that were scamming the system and buying several of, you know, things and blocking out other people. Um, our communities aren't like that, the erasable and the RSVP and even the Baron fig, we're, we're not like that. But, you know, I think that, that I mean, there are folks that do miss out and there's a certain part of me that, you know, like, I mean, I think we all want to make money. It reminds right. me of that. It reminds me of that Sally Struthers commercial from the eighties. Do you want to make money? Sure. We all do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, I mean, I guess it's just the attitudes of folks involved is, is where my point of contention is. It's well, not necessarily the action. Attitudes and behaviors as yeah. well. I mean, there are, there are different People who are collecting to flip over are – some people do it in one way and some people very legitimately just say, I'm doing this. I'm I'm buying um, a case of X, Y, or Z with the plan to flip it over but also aren't necessarily doing that to block other people out of the purchase so that they can then make a profit, which which is an entirely different behavior. And I think that – Back when we were both in that field nuts group, I think we saw some of that behavior, some of those right. that nastiness in the collectibles market of I'm going to buy so many of these that no one else can buy them. And then I'm going to flip them a week later when they're no longer available and I'm going to make a load of money and there's nothing you can do about it. Try and right. stop me. Right. And like I and that's where I come in of not feeling bad anymore about it because I set my limit of what I'm willing to spend to buy and like i'm not gonna you know like like sometimes folks like you said like 
every time a new link, like there was a new link posted about the 811s, um, Zeller writing company has some mm-hmm. in stock. Um, some folks that already are sitting on a bunch of 811s might go and see how much stock they have and buy them all and keep investing so they can resell. That is the part that is not okay to me. Right. Um, just like, you know, if someone was like, man, I really missed out on the 811s, I, you know, whatever, like, I rather sell at cost to someone who is genuinely missed out, say they were sick or they were away. Like, it's not like I'm thinking I'm making going to ma- eventually make $100 a box on them because that's unreasonable. All right. Um, it's the folks that think that that can happen and then just buy everything up. And it makes it ugly and gross. And Well, it makes a community not fun. Right, right. <clears throat> it, it, it brings an element of, like, tension, I think. Yeah, well, and consumerism. Yeah, that too. And... Um, what's the right, well, I'm trying to think of the right word. I'm thinking of like taking advantage. Um, this is another side effect of all of the friggin' meds that I'm on. Words hard, words so hard. <laughs> um, it's made, it makes it really hard for me to think about like when I, I have a specific word in mind and I can't find it. Um, but like it's, it's like that, like they're taking advantage of things that they know that people are going to want. And yeah, it's 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 like pirating. Yeah, they're preying upon individuals. There we go, preying. That's what I'm looking for. Um, Predatory, predatory. That there we that go. Is the word I found it. Yay! <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh Christ! But yeah, I mean, it's always going to be there. The secondhand market is always going to be there. There's no getting rid of it. I just want people to be nicer to each other. Yeah, I agree. And and I think that it, like Erasable and RSVP are two groups that we although our group doesn't do as much sales and trading as Erasable does, um it doesn't feel predatory in either group. There's a fair amount of selling, but it doesn't feel like they're price gouging or no. like, "Oh, I see that you didn't get this volume." Mostly right. it's people like saying, hey, I missed out on 33 and a half, although no, or third, whatever the hell it is. Um, <laughs> no n- not that anyone's that. ever saying that they missed out on that. I think you can still buy that. Um, but like, you know, people will post, say, I have, I have this, I'm looking for, would you trade? Or I'm looking for one to 11. Are you willing to sell it to me? Like, right, right. it's more stuff like that than anything else. And Absolutely. I appreciate that in both of the groups. Absolutely. Um, so. so do you want to move on to our final topic? I do. It is my favorite time of year. This is literally Christmas time for me since I'm not a big Christmas person. Back to school sales are coming yes. up. And um I, I talked to you a little bit about this in our pre-show discussion. So um because of my, my family members' health issues, we bought a car. And we've been doing the car thing free thing for god almost eight months now and i got really accustomed to using the bus to get everywhere i needed to go and i and i like it and there are certain like things that are very hard to do when you are only using the bus like the bus here doesn't travel on weekends um and getting to places like target or walmart or any of the box stars stores when you're using the bus is incredibly difficult in my area. It's, it's just kind of out of the question. So we got a car 
and now I can go anywhere. But I still, like, don't think of the fact that I can just jump in the car and go to Target. It's just, it's like I, I've uh, beaten it out of myself over the last seven months of not having a car. It's like, well, I really have to think about where I'm going to go and plan it out in advance. And it's like, no, I can just get in the car and go to Staples or I can get in the car and go to Target. And I'm not saying that it's a bad thing that I'm thinking these things through a little bit. Like I'm I'm planning out trips and things. So I'm using, minimizing my gas expenditure. But like I haven't been to Target yet to check out the... um things being set up for back to school which is very strange usually i'm there checking it out as they're putting it up um so you want to fill me in and tell me a little bit about what you saw at target so target target back to school so i was at target the other day and i decided to kind of wander over to see what they had set up so far my target isn't totally finished Mm -hmm. with their back to school setup um, it'll probably be done this week just from someone who I used to work at Target and I used to actually work on the planogram team. So I'm very familiar with setup. Um, they just have a couple more sections to do, but what I did see was most of the same old, same old, you know, they're mm. dump bins full of Ticonderogas and up and up brand pencils and crayons and all that, but they do have some specialty stuff. They have some really cool pencil cases. Um, not Yubi, like some other brand. Um, but I have to, this is so stationary of me. I have to put a black wing in my pocket and go back <laughs> to see if it'll fit. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, cause there were a couple cool canvas looking ones that I was interested in. Um, but they also have this, like, it was like on an Island in the middle of the aisle. It's totally gendered and like, it's like, rainbows and sparkles and unicorns and everything but they have these um pencil sharpeners that look like the ones we saw in muji Hmm. um and really cool like pastel looking colors i took some pictures the little tiny pocket sized yeah the crank you know oh oh cool yeah the crank sharpeners like basically half the size of a classroom friendly but the same type of process Ooh. Um, so I got all excited. Yeah. And then I looked and it has metal teeth. Uh. I was like, come on, if Muji can make it so they don't leave marks, so can you. (laughs) Um, so, so no, so they have like stuff like that. They have interesting like novelty erasers, but it's very like rainbowy, but not Mm. in a queer way. (laughs) It's hard to, it's like, here's a rainbow that's pastel. Like, um, and they had some really cool backpacks that make me wish that I could pull off wearing a Super Mario Brothers backpack <laughs> at age nearly 40. Um, and, it's, you know, it's nothing new. There's nothing new yet there. They did have um, five-star um, composition books. Ah. And the covers were very interesting. So they were that, like, um, plasticky cover. Yeah. But they were textured and it had a really cool effect. I'm gonna I'm gonna take pictures when I go back this week. Um, so that was a new design and style. And they also have new five star folders um, that I've never seen before. They're your standard two prong folder, mm-hmm. but they're made of that. What kind of plastic is that? It's notebook Poly- covers. Um, what is it? Poly something. Yeah. Polyacetate, um, polystyrene, poly. Right. Poly something. Poly. Yeah. Um, so 
it's a two prong folder with two folders, obviously, but inside there's also like a little spot where you can put note cards and, and stuff like that, where mm-hmm. these folders are perfect for my Dungeons and Dragons campaign because I use note cards at the table to like mm-hmm. take notes. Um, so yeah, so they have some new stuff, but it's, it's mainly the same old. Um, I haven't, I try to avoid Walmart. Um, yeah. there's one Walmart around us that I will go to. It's a super Walmart. Um, but they're back to school over the years has gotten, at least to me, more annoying than anything because there's no effort anymore. Mm. They basically just get cases of notebooks and stuff and then they just rip the box open and put the box on the shelf. Yeah, the both of the Walmarts near me, and I again, we talked about this pre-show, one is scary, and I yes, try to avoid that one because it's a little frightening. And then the other, they don't do a very good job with their back to school. Like, they clear out the aisle very early and then it's empty and then all of a sudden everything is just bombed out. It's like, yes, it, it's just an insane mess. And then yeah. they have their, their drop pallets in the middle of the main aisle. And those are never like, they don't restock them. Everything just gets no. dumped into them. And so it's chaos and trying to figure out how much is this item? How much is this item? And how much is this item right. is really bad to the point where I don't know if I'm actually, so I do, for anyone who's read my blog for any period of time, I do a composition roundup every fall as part of back to school. So usually I start picking up composition notebooks in August. I don't know if I'm going to include Walmart in my roundup this year because last year was such chaos and I didn't know what I was paying for anything. Right. Because I couldn't figure it out. And then they, the scanners all over that store, the one that is safe to go to, um, were all out. So like yeah. the, none of them were working, so I couldn't do any price checks. And then sometimes the price checks would come back wrong and not correlate with what I was paying at the register. So it was just, you know, a generic nightmare. So I, I'm not sure. And I, I, it feels wrong not to include Walmart in my roundup because I do it every year. And I think, yeah, no, <clears throat> I was going to say to your price thing, although you said sometimes the prices don't match what was scanned. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the Walmart app. I know. <laughs> um, well, cause we use the, actually there was like a promo for like, um, you could shop online and then like drive up and they just put the groceries in your car. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was like a $10 off coupon. So we did it. Um, but they have the app where you can scan any barcode and it comes up with like the price and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but my Walmart that I go to is like a black hole and I get no service in there. So yeah. there's that. I think you should try to get the, now that you have a car, maybe get there early before it gets ransacked. Well, I try that every year and it, there's, I, I guess I have to practice my distress tolerance because you have to go at least once a week to figure out like when things are put on display, when things go on right, sale. Right. And then the sales seem to change willy nilly at Walmart, like you never know when things are going to be priced. And then like sometimes you get really deep discounts two weeks after school closes. And then like you go in and people are still buying stuff for school two weeks later. Yeah. And like, I don't know about your area because you're by colleges too, but like we have two surges of back to school. We have the late August, middle August back to school for the grade schoolers but then when there's move-in day at umass by me which is not that time there's another surge so i'm actually kind of fortunate because what happens with my walmart that's near there is it gets ransacked but then it gets reset again Mm -hmm. and then ransacked again um 
because in college it's a lot different. Like you find out what you need after you go to class. Right. So, um, I'll try to see, um, like I said, the, the, the only composition notebook I bought from Walmart last year was the, well, it's not pen and gear anymore, but, um, what is it now? It's, um, Oh my God. Why, why am I drawing a blank? I'm not taking stuff. Well, I am, but not those kind. <laughs> um, I can't think, uh, uh I don't know. What is it? Well, it's pen and gear. And then you speak oh. pen and gear. Oh God. I have so many of their pencils. <laughs> this is horrible. I can see the logo. It's right. ugly green and Navy blue. Yep. It's going to haunt me. I don't know. Can't remember. Yeah. It's gone. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out, you know, in post after we, yeah. After we stop this podcast. Um, and those were great. The paper inside of those were great. Um, the one thing I'm, I hate though, now that you brought up notebooks, there's been a trend and this is very petty, but there's been a trend of like, even with like name brand notebooks on the cover of the notebook, it says what it is like printed. Mm-hmm. So for example, like, um, the penning gear, cause I don't know the real name folders, like the, the regular two prong folders, which is yep. what I'd love to use in college. It says on the front printed two prong folder and like bold, like, I don't want that printed on my folder. No, there was like, no why, that. why it just annoys me or like five subject notebook, graph paper. Like I don't like no stop. crap. I know. Right. Put it on a sticker that I can peel off. Right. It's just, it's weird. It's a weird waste. Like, why? Anyhow, that, that's a first world problem. But <laughs> it just, it. I don't know. It, at Target, like, it, it annoyed me when I was walking down the aisle. Because I was like, oh, this is really cool looking. Oh, never mind. Yeah. I don't want that. Um, and I haven't been to uh, Staples because they don't have much there, like, that I enjoy. Mm. Um, also, the nearest Staples is near UMass, and that area just annoys me, like traffic-wise, because they're building um, they're building a little strip mall in a place that's already way too populated, and they're putting in an LL Bean and like all these like stores, and like it tra- it's just a disaster there. But I digress. Um, what else do you look forward to for back to school stuff besides your yearly review? Well, I look forward to checking out some of the uh, Ticonderoga offerings. Johnny has mentioned several times the new neons. Yes. And those, uh, I think I've gotten the neon in the past. I really loved the stripes. The metallics were awful because they were made, I think, in Mexico. So they had that rock hard, really like not nice core. It was scratchy and like a nail. But the made in China usually has the softer, darker core. And so the, the neons that I've had in the past have been really, really nice with a nice, soft, smooth core. So I want to pick up some of those. I want to check out some of the other pencil offerings as well. Um, and yeah, I, I think that's, and you know, of course, like the deals on gel pens. Yeah. I don't go through nearly as many at my new location as I used to. Um, I used to blow through a gel refill once a week um, at my old job, just doing reports and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But now everything that I do is on the computer for work, so I don't have to worry about it nearly as much. Um, 
but I still want to, you know, pick up a, another couple of colors of gel ink and, and, uh, see what kind of, if there are any new offerings in gel pens. And yeah. And also what's cool about back to school stuff is that, um, sometimes they have gel pens and other pens in like packages that aren't normal offerings. Right. Yeah. Like the um, multicolor packs of the Uniball Signos, or like they have the Staples brand of the um, Paper Paper May Ink Joy knockoffs, mm-hmm. um, in all kinds of different colors. They also have fine liners now that are Staples brand oh. that are really nice. Interesting. So, like, I like to have some of those just in my office at work so that I can have clients use them. They're also really nice for some of the groups that I run that use, Mm -hmm. um, like, do detailed work. Yeah. So, I, you know, I secret away some of those for some of my groups. um, And I can always get, like, refunded on those. But, like, it's just nice to have, you know. Um, But also being able to get those on a nice deal is always good. I like that. I like a deal. Yeah, I mean, don't we all? Yeah, we do. Um, so I, I figured out our mystery. So yeah. we are mistaken. The Penning Gear is the new name ah. of the product. Casemate. Ah, yes. Casemate was the old name. <laughs> How did I not know that? Because I'm known for the Casemate Neon. That's right. It's because I haven't had much food today and I haven't had coffee yet today either. Oh, how are you functioning? I'm not. <laughs> Oh, I have to admit, I had I had my my uh, steroids plus two cups of coffee this morning. So uh, I am. So you're raring to go. I I am. <laughs> I have things I want to do. Right. Um. Yeah. No, I have to work today. So. Um. But I think this might be a good ending point. I think we uh we satisfied all of our topics and then some. So, yeah, I I think that we've uh, pretty much tapped all of these out, and uh, I think we've had a good discussion. I'm really I am looking forward to back to school. <laughs> And getting back into reviewing, I've been on a sort of two-month hiatus for reviews. I haven't done many at all. Mm-hmm. And on Tuesday before this comes out, I'll have a review of the Muji mini utility knife. And then the day nice. after this comes out, my review of the editor will go live. So Sweet. Um, I'm hoping to keep that up um, over the next you know, few months. And keep um keep going with the with the reviews. I, I do enjoy writing reviews. I just sometimes like life gets overwhelming. And oh, yeah. And you know, like driving back and forth to Maine, visiting family, having family that's sick, and then being almost hospitalized myself for poison oak, which of all the things Right, of, of all, all things. the things to like almost need hospitalization for poison oak. Who knew? I feel like that's remember that show A Thousand Ways to Die? No. It was like this weird show on like Spike TV or something. And it was like weird ways people died. Poison Oak would be a weird way. Right. That's for sure. <laughs> so. <laughs> Only me. Right. Um, but anyway, it is a good place to end on. And so I'm just going to start reading the, the outro bit here. Sounds good. So I would like to thank everyone for supporting us. Either of you, the, the website, the Facebook group or um, the Spectrum chat, wherever you're interacting with us and giving us positive feedback. I love it. I love getting so much support from everyone. I love how kind the RSVP group and, and 
people listening are. It's just a wonderful group of people, and I, I love that. So thank you for supporting us. Thank you for joining the Facebook group. Thank you for making my sphere of online folks that much more pleasant. It's lovely interacting with the RSVP listeners. Just wonderful people. Thank you so much. Um, so if you do love the podcast, the best way for you to let people know that you love the podcast and share the love is to share a link to your favorite episode on your social media. Send it to, you know, five of your friends. See what happens. Let people know you love us and why you love us. And we appreciate that every day that um, you um, share with us. So thank you. All right. So you can find the podcast online at rsvpstationarypodcast.com and at Spectrum Chat. You can find me, Les, at comfortableshoesstudio.com, Facebook at Comfortable Shoes Studio, Instagram, and Twitter at Original L.C. Harper. Dade, where can the fine folks find you? You can find me at weeklypencil.com and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Weekly Pencil. All right. Thank you so much. Indeed. Let's stop there. I recorded just in case, too. Okay.